podcast land here. Such out once again to Combat Sports with Rhino. What do we do here? We give you the best takes that we can on the entire landscape of combat sports. We talk boxing. We talk MMA. We talk kickboxing. We talk Muay Thai. Any and everything under the sun. Today's episode is number 74. Unbelievable, I know. My guest today will be from the Battlefield Fight League, the new organization they're not new to the world but they're new to ufc fight pass fighting on june the 4th my man zach pow pow powell undefeated lightweight very cool guy to talk to really looking forward to that interview so i hope you guys stick around and check that out well we had a very busy week slash weekend of combat sports on the old docket Today, we're going to have our coverage of the co-main events of the PFL and Bellator. We're going to have the return of the Rhino Gang Roundup. Yeah! <laughs> Billy Joe Saunders versus Canelo Alvarez in their super middleweight unification title fight. A full UFC Vegas 26 breakdown. Drea's world-famous drop of the night. Picks for UFC 262. A fire Q&A session with the old Rhino Gang. Then the aforementioned Zach Pow Pow Powell. 4-0 undefeated lightweight out of Canada goes 10 rounds of Rhino. So, as we love to do every week, let's get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. From the PFL, we had the co-main event of Kayla Harrison versus Mariana Morales. This one was easy peasy for Kayla yet again. Quick takedown, ground and pound, just 123 into the first round. Kayla Harrison gets another win. I'm on to the next thing. <laughs> we had Hennon Fajeda versus longtime UFC veteran, uh, pride vet, former former UFC champion, uh, Fabrizio Verdum. Uh, this one was interesting. Fajeda is a huge guy. They, you know, they traded a little bit. They went to the ground. It looked like Fajeda tapped. It looked like Fabrizio let go of the choke and then no one saw the tap no tap was you know they, they didn't give any credence to it so it was missed essentially then hennon kind of took control started landing a bunch of shots got the ground and pound at just 232 in a round one he gets the win over fabricio verdum who was i'm sure the probably the guy that everyone was thinking was going to win the heavyweight tournament of the pfl so all right that was that uh <laughs> moving on to the Rhino Gang Roundup. Yee-haw! We had three fighters on the Bellator card who I've had as members of the Rhino Gang. The first one was late replacement Johnny Campbell. Johnny Cupcakes, as his name is known, versus Henry Corrales. This one was not... This one did not go the way that everyone was kind of thinking it was going to. Johnny Campbell was a late replacement. He, uh, you know, he's got a very veteran's record and he's got lots of wins and some losses and so i think that people thought that henry Krause was going to come in here and do his thing but johnny cupcakes campbell man he looked very confident on his feet throwing big winding huge shots caught henry a few times um corrales really didn't have an answer johnny was at great head movement there was a you know there was a time where henry was starting to kind of get his way a little bit and then johnny kind of corrected himself Got Henry down, hit him with a beautiful shot, took him down, got the beautiful rear naked choke submission. Great win for Johnny Cupcakes Campbell. Staying at 135 pounds, we had Josh the Gentleman Hill versus Rafion Superstats. Both guys, I, I mean, I, I and I watched him to watch along with Dave Fretz on this one. This one was hard because I really genuinely love both guys, both outstanding fighters, wonderful people, human beings, all the above. This one was Rafion from start to finish. Rafion controlled distance. Josh, I think, was looking to counter. Um, 
it just it just Rafi was Rafi on tonight. Rafi on one from start to finish. Won all three rounds very clearly. Got the unanimous decision over Josh the Gentleman Hill. I hope they both come back. I hope Rafion gets a title shot soon, and I hope that Josh uh, is able to get another really good fight uh, and showcase his skills because he's a fantastic fighter. So congrats to everybody in the Rhino Gang Roundup. Let's move into our Billy Joe Saunders versus Canelo Alvarez at the 168-pound or the super middleweight division of boxing. Their title fight from last night in uh, in Texas, which was almost, I think, almost a full capacity, but that's a story for another day. Um, this one was a pretty fun fight. Billy Joe Saunders, a very good fighter. We all know Canelo Alvarez is a Nova star, right? He is just as big as it gets in the landscape of boxing. Billy Joe Sanders did a good account of himself for about the first three to four rounds, uh, was pushing Canelo forward, was angling off, was landing a little bit. Canelo has fantastic defense, not just parrying and blocking, but head movement. But Billy Joe Sanders did a good job. I mean, I thought Canelo was, you know, I think I think Canelo was kind of having a little bit of a slow start. And then as the rounds wore on, we got into three, four, five, six, Canelo poured on was really hurting Billy Joe. He closed uh, his right eye with a left hook, I believe. And then after the eighth round, Billy Joe Saunders and his team sought fit to be like, well, that's it. We've had it. That's we're not getting off the stool. That's the second retirement win in a row for uh, Canelo. He wins again, uh, an amazing fight. Um, for him, he's just one of the best in the world. Can't say enough good things about him. We got a question about him later on in the Rhino gang. So we'll look forward to that a little bit later. Let's go ahead and get into our UFC Vegas 26. We'll start with the prelims. We had Christian, don't call me Christina, Aguilera versus Carlson Harris out of Guyana. This one was awesome, dude. Uh, Christian, you know, he came out, wanted to go come out strong. Carlson initiated the clinch. Harris hurt Christian with a beautiful left hook and then followed him down because Christian shot in on him. Uh, followed him down, slapped on the Anaconda choke. First round submission from Carlson Harris. Beautiful sub. I, oh, man, that was pretty stuff. Really like Carlson. Looking forward to seeing him. He's very tall and rangy for 170 pounds. So we'll look to see what uh, he brings to his next fight. Then we had Stefan and Jukwe versus John Young Park, also known as the Iron Turtle. <laughs> this one was almost entirely stand-up uh, in, the, in the first round. Uh, both guys did a good job of keeping distance and landing. It seemed like Tafan was hitting harder, but uh, Park was landing more consistently and cleaner. There was a couple of nut shots, with, you know, which made Park have to take some breaks. Um, Tafan got on top with her takedown, did some ground and pound, and then the Iron Turtle who kind of stayed at distance when he got back up, and he was landing a lot of jabs at one-twos. He got a late takedown in the third. He got the majority decision, which oh, I don't understand. It should have been a unanimous decision, but whatever. So big win for Park over Tafan at 185 pounds. Moving into one of my favorite fights of the night, we had Mike Trezano versus Ludwig Klein. Um, this one was a really good fight. I think a lot of people thought Klein was going to be the, the boss in this one, but it's not the way it worked out. Trezano and him had a good first round. I would have given the first round to Klein. I thought Trezano in the second and the third outlanded him just a little bit more. He was very quick on his feet. He really did a good job showing angles. And, of course, the mullet had a beautiful flow to it as it was going. So Mike Trezano got the unanimous decision. It could have been a split. It could have been closer. I, again, I thought he won two rounds over Klein, but really, really fun, uh, enjoyable fight. I really liked what I saw from both of those guys. Moving into the 185-pound division, we had Phil Hawes versus Kyle Dawkins. This one was, I don't know, man. 
I thought Hawes outlanded Kyle well in the first, but I didn't think he hurt him really bad. And then in the second, Kyle started with a beautiful combo. He had a back fist, and he landed several in a row. And that was kind of the last, what they, what they, what's that expression? The last act of a desperate man, right? <laughs> because from that point on, it was all Hawes. Hawes was hitting him hard on the feet. Hawes took him down. In, in the third round, it was all Phil Hawes really pounding on Kyle Daukas. Beautiful unanimous decision. Phil looked like a brand-new fighter from his last fight. Excellent cardio improvement. Good everywhere. Big win over Kyle Daukas, dude. I think he only lost one previously, so big win for Hawes. All right, we'll move into Gregor Gillespie versus Diego Fajeda. Now, you have to mention, before anything, Diego Fajeda came in five pounds heavy. And Gregor Gillespie was like, I'm still going to take it. So they did. They got after it. Uh, Gregor Gillespie got a lot of ground. I mean, not a lot of ground. Got a lot of takedowns. He took Diego's back early. Diego reversed it. Basically, what happened throughout this fight was Gregor would take Diego down. Diego would reverse it. They would scramble. They was constantly battling each other on the ground. Um, towards the end of the second, finally, Diego seemed to really gas out. DC kept on saying that he broke. I'm not sure if I co-signed on that, but he definitely looked tired. He had tired. He was starting to Gregor winning all the exchanges on the ground. Um, you know, Gregor flattened out Diego, ground and found him to the end of the second round. TKO two for Gregor Gillespie. Great win for him. Diego Fajeda either needs to move up or he really needs to get his weight under check because five pounds is an egregious weight miss at 155. Oh boy. Okay. You everyone knows, listen to the show or who knows me. I am Mr. I will battle and defend the heavyweights with my whole chest all the time. This fight was trash. <laughs> Maurice, the crochet boss green versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima was just as boring as watching paint dry. All three rounds, Marcos Rogerio de Lima would just take Maurice down after Maurice threw some wild off-balance stuff and the very minimal ground and pound. Bleh. Boring, boring, boring fight. Unanimous decision win for MRDL. All right, moving into the next fight. We had Jeff Neal versus Neil Magny. Neil versus Neil Violence. This one was a fast start. They both came out going. Then they got into the clinch game a lot, a lot of cage work. And every time they were separated, Neil Magny was winning the fight. Jeff hit him with a few good shots throughout the fight, but for the most part, it was Neil Magny staying on his bike, pot shotting from the outside, beautiful crisp jab, pop, pop, and then move, pop, 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 move. And he was doing a fantastic job of hitting and not getting hit. Jeff Neal seemed, I don't know if he was shell-shocked or what, but he didn't move forward and throw as aggressively as he normally does. I don't know if it was exactly a combination of Neil's height and his activity. I'm not sure. But Neil Magny did a fantastic job of staying out, angling off, getting out of danger. Um, and when they did go to the clinch, he would land body shots with his knees, little inside dirty boxing. Neil Magny looked great last night. I think Jeff Neal is a very good fighter. But Neil Magny was not to be denied last night. Great win for him. Unanimous decision in that one. Moving into Cowboy Cerrone versus Alex Morono. Uh, again, we've covered this before, but I love Cowboy Cerrone for a really long time. And then when all of the sound bites came out and some of the things he said, and some, I, I just kind of, I don't know, man, I jumped off the bandwagon, right? So uh, Alex Morono came in, kind of late replacement for Diego Sanchez. Alex Morono, dude, he, I've watched him since back in the LFA days. He is a good, solid, tough fighter. Cowboy Cerrone of seven, eight years ago should have 
you know, gone through them pretty easy, but we know how many Cowboys lost in a row. Alex Morono was throwing hard, winding shots. Cowboy was throwing some nice straight shots, but they didn't seem to get Alex's respect. And he came in and he landed a beautiful overhand looping right on Cerrone, followed up with more shots, including the body. Uh, Cerrone moved back into the cage. Morono hit him again, and then he started throwing a combination. The referee stepped in. TKO in the very first round for Alex Morono. We've got a question about what's next for Cowboy later in the Rhino Gang, so we'll get to that then. So big win, biggest win of his career for Alex Morono. Um, get the TKO and one over Cowboy Cerrone. Moving into the main event, we had the karate hottie Michelle Watterson <sighs> versus Marina Rodriguez. Uh, this one was, so they're both, you know, they were both um, really ready to put on a fight, I thought. But the unfortunate part was it took a long time for them to get to where they were both in range. I thought Marina was landing more cleaner, better shots through rounds one, two, and three. Karate Hottie hit her with a few kicks, uh, but nothing really of substance. Then she finally hit her with a nice leg kick, which seemed to hyperextend Marina's leg. In the fourth round, Karate Hottie took Marina down, had top control for the most time, didn't do a ton of damage with it. And then in the fifth, I thought Karate Hottie did enough with the uh, with the additional kicking, and it seemed like Marina was a little bit compromised on that leg. Uh, Michelle hit her with a beautiful, quick, high high kick, which seemed to swell up Marina's face pretty good. But again, to me, it was a clear Marina won rounds one, two, and three, and I gave Michelle the fourth and the fifth. So unanimous decision goes to Marina Rodriguez. She did not do a post-fight interview because I think they wanted to get her back and get her jaw checked right away. So yeah, another loss for Watterson, unfortunately, but it was late replacement, so I don't think they're going to either, you know, I don't think they're going to do much to slide her too far down the ladder so all right d reigns that's got a recap of everything that i watched over this past few days the pfl bellator the rhino gang roundup and ufc vegas 26 so why don't we give our feature player drea a call and get her world famous drea's drop of the night all right ladies and gentlemen now before we get into our world famous drea's drop of the night and our Twitter Q&A, I, I rolled right by the Bellator <laughs> recap, so let's go ahead and get that out of the way real quick. Um, in the co-main event, we had the return of Anthony Rumble Johnson, who was supposed to fight Yoel Romero, which we were all super stoked on. Unfortunately, Yoel did not pass the medicals. I think it was something to do with his eye. I'm not sure, but uh, Jose Azevedo stepped in late notice. They actually had a fantastic fight, one of my favorite ones from the weekend. Great first round. Both guys got hurt. Uh, the second round, Rumble Johnson did what Rumble Johnson does, landed a beautiful right cross, knocked Jose out, beautiful fucking shot, great fight. Then moving into the main event, this one was a little bit more methodical, uh, Sergio Pettis versus Juan Archuleta. Sergio Pettis did a great job of movement and sticking and getting out of the way from Archuleta's big shots. Sergio won, I think, probably four of the five rounds. They gave the unanimous assistant Sergio Pettis. He is your new 125-pound champion over there in bellator all right drea before we uh before we do anything let's go ahead and get into our world famous drea's drop of the night so what you got for this week well ufc didn't have any real impressive drops or ko's that stuck uh out to me but bellator sure did so my drop of the night this week goes to anthony rumble johnson for his second round finish over augustus azevedo about a minute and a half into round two, uh, Rumble caught Augustus with uh, that powerful right cross that you just mentioned and KO'd Augustus. And he 
filled the canvas. Uh, of course, Rumble did get one more shot in uh, for good measure before he was pushed off of him. So it was a, a sweet comeback for Anthony Rumble Johnson, and he gets my drop of the night. Fantastic drop of the night, indeed. So let's go ahead and get into our main card picks for UFC 262, which is a banger of a card this coming Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first pick on this one is going to be is the one I'm probably most looking forward to, to be honest. Edson Barbosa versus Shane Burgos. I've got Edson winning by third round TKO in a firefight. What's your call on that one, feature play, Andrea? Uh, I'm going Edson Barboza as well, but I was going with a, a round two TKO. All right, so let's move into our next one. I've got Caitlin Jukagian beating Vivian Arujo by unanimous decision. What's your take on that one? I am taking Caitlin Jukagian with a unanimous decision. All righty. I had to flip-flop on the next one. Originally, I had Edmund winning, mm-hmm. but now I flip-flopped. I'm going Jack the Joker Hermanson. By split decision. So I got Jack the Joker over Edmund Shabazian. Split decision win. What's your call on that one? Future play, Andrea. I am taking Jack, uh, and I'm going at TKO in round three via uh, ground and pound. That's my my vision of that fight. That's your vision, right? <laughs> That's my vision. <laughs> All right. Let's move into another very exciting fight. We have Benil Daryush and Tony Ferguson. I've actually got Benil Daryush KOing, not TKO, not hurting and stopping. No, 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 no. A clean out KO for Benil Daryush over Tony Ferguson. And I'm calling my shot, Drea. It okay. is going to be it is going to be a spinning back fist on Tony Ferguson. Benil Daryush KO round two. What you call that one? I went back and forth on this only because my heart is with Tony Ferguson on this and I want him to get the win, but my brain is going Benil Dariush. Um, and I don't know. Tony's a freaking tough dude. So I'm, I think he's going to pull off the decision uh, with this. It's going to go Benil with the unanimous decision. All right. Moving into the 155 pound title fight between Charles Dubronx Oliveira and Michael Chandler, this one is going to be a fun fight, but I got my man Charles Oliveira winning by submission in the fourth round. What about you, Drea? <laughs> we have, like, the exact same picks. Uh, I have <laughs> <laughs> Charles Oliveira winning by submission um, round three. Okay, we got round three Oliveira for Drea. All right. We have got a bevy of Twitter questions to get into future play, Andrea. So... Let's go ahead and get started. I know our first one comes on the big homie, Dean Dog, our Harley Davidson riding homie. What do you got this week, Dean? Uh, Since the answer would have been answered today, but unfortunately we have to wait, will Dillashaw at 35 years old come back at the same competitive level that he has had in the past at 135? Yeah, dude. So I think that there are many – things that you could think why he would take a step backwards. He's no longer probably going to be on EPO, his age, the ring rust. I still think we're going to see a really top-tier version of TJ Dillashaw when he comes back. Is he going to be exactly what he was before? No. I don't think so. But if you remember how good and how skilled and how fantastic of a fighter TJ Dillashaw was, even if he's 88% of that guy, He's still a top-tier 135-er, in my opinion. I think it's a stacked division, as we all know. 
But could he come back and be a contender? Yeah, I think he can. Um, he just he has he brings something different to the game, and even at his age, I think with all of the amount of time he had to heal up from his pre-existing injuries for this time off, I think we're going to see a really good version of him come back. Um, so could he be a contender? Yeah, I think he can. Uh, even though 135 is so deep, so that's a great question, Gene Dog. Thank you so much, sir. Let's move into our girl, Sin City Sarah. Sin City Sarah, what do you got this week? If you had the opportunity to fight any fighter, any organization, any weight class, who would you want to fight out of respect and who would you want to fight to kick their ass? (laughs) (laughs) Out of respect? um, At my best, I would love to have fought Chuck Liddell. I mean, everybody knows I talk about him. I gush about him, in fact. He is my favorite (laughs) fighter of all time in MMA. Um, Yeah, I would want to fight Chuck Liddell out of respect. And then if we're talking like any weight class fantasy, uh, Colby Covington, dude, without a fucking, without hesitation, I would love to fight Colby Covington. But since I'm a heavyweight and it's probably, it would have to be a heavyweight most likely, uh, probably Tank Abbott because I'd, A, I know it would be all stand up because I don't know shit on the ground, right? So it would be all stand up and we're, we're of similar size. Uh, he was always kind of a dick when he beat people, right? So I think Tank Abbott would be somebody who, who I would have loved to have fought. Uh, in my prime, because he would already been past his prime when I was in my prime. So that's another that's another uh, advantage that I would have had. So, yeah, definitely Chuck Liddell, out of respect, and then Tank Abbott uh, if we're sticking with our weight classes. So thank you very much, Sin City Sarah. Make sure you check out her YouTube channel. She is hilarious, and we love her. All right, let's go to our Canadian homie, Ray the Sweet Potato. What do you got this week, dude? Anyone who has been watching this sport for an extended period of time can see that the average MMA fighter of the 2020s is far more well-rounded and skilled than MMA fighters of the previous decades. Today's number 15 ranked is likely a better martial artist than a number five ranked fighter of the 2000s. The skill sets are obviously evolving, but what about power? Do you think that the increased rate of KOs and TKOs that we've seen in recent years can be attributed to better technique, or are we just seeing more powerful strikers? Big Franny is excluded from this question, as we all know, in his his case, it's pure power. All power. (laughs) That's a great question, dude. For me, yeah, it's 90% uh, technique. We're seeing more and more fighters get hurt and finished due to the timing of the strike, right? It's phenomenal placement of where it actually is hitting them than I think we're seeing with just muscle power. I think this is definitely an indication of the skill, obviously, like increasing over the you know the vast majority of fighters we we're seeing an evolving of of the t- how timing is taught right how how placement of the strike is far more um, devastating than throwing all your might into it so dude I am definitely all about the technique I think it is absolutely the reason we're seeing more finishes um, and again you're right guys are more skilled. And what happens with skill when you are when you are honing your craft and when you're getting better, people mostly focus on the offense, right? So right now we're at kind of a high peak as far as offense being the higher skill point, but eventually it's going to be cyclical and it's going to come back around and guys' defense is going to get better. So then it's going to have to change and evolve from there. So yeah, for me, dude, it's about 90% technique is, is my answer on that one for sure. Thank you so much, RSP. Let's move into Ty of the Tiger. Ty, what do you got this week, dude? Where do you think Michelle Watterson goes from here? I feel like she's slowly reaching gatekeeper status instead of contender. 
Yeah, bro. She's uh, she's one in three in her last four. I, I think she's good enough at this stage to be competitive with pretty much anybody she would go in the cage with at 115. But as far as like winning consistently, I think she's got to fight opponents outside of the top 10. So, yeah, I think we're pretty close to being able to use that word gatekeeper or having her be gatekeeper status for my beloved karate hottie. So, yeah, man, I'm kind of <laughs> with you on that one as much as it pains me to say. All right. Thank you very much. Tie of the tiger or tie fly guy. All right, let's get to our girl, APB. APB, what do you got for us this week? What did you think about Big John's post-fight interview with Rumble? Have you ever seen anyone show the winner highlights of that part of the fight where they got rocked? I thought it was just weird and rude. Yeah, homie, I have seen that before, and you're right. Every time it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It feels very unnecessary, and you're right. Rude is a good word. I wouldn't have used rude, but rude is a good word. The dude just stepped in and taught and fought a really tough fight against a very game opponent. At that point, you've already gone through a whole lot of shit. It should be all about showing your highlights, right? What you did well in the fight, which is how it normally goes. Uh, giving you all the praise, gassing you up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it should be once you want to fight. No, there's no need, reason, or good fucking story you could tell me by showing them get hurt or rocked in the fight during the highlight package uh, post-fight. So I totally agree with you, APB. I'm with you. And uh, we love you. And make sure you tell Mama Sims we love her, too. Because we all know, Drea, you can't be a wuss and have a puss. <laughs> I love that. It's so good. I'm doing it every week. I know. Um, let's get into our homie Cyrus King from the uh, Combat Corner Pod. What do you got, Cyrus? What are your thoughts on Billy Joe Saunders' corner throwing in the towel? So I think everyone in Billy Joe Saunders' camp and probably Billy Joe himself <laughs> saw and felt – bless you, Drea. Sorry. Saw and felt, <laughs> saw and felt the, writing, the writing on the wall. This was – only going to get worse. Yes, his eye was swollen. It wasn't. We've all seen much worse swelling, right? But that was a good way that they could kind of point to. Be like, oh, we got our fighter with a swollen eye. He can't see well. He can't continue. Doc, come take a look at this. I think no matter what, it was just going to get worse and worse and worse. And honestly, to get through the, the, his next five or six fights, I'm sure Billy Joe, before he retires, I'm sure Billy Joe would like to have full control and uh, vision out of his eyes. So it was the right move to do. He wasn't going to win. He wasn't going to knock, you know, Canelo out, particularly with one eye. So it was just going to get worse. So I think it was probably for his career, probably the right move to the right move to make. Right. And so, yeah, he quit on his stool uh, after round eight. So, yeah, now I'm with you. You guys haven't already absolutely check out my man Cyrus King on the Combat Corner. Check out his food stuff on MMA Twitter. It is awesome. I hear he's got a new food podcast. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm certainly going to. Thank you so much, my man and great friend of the show, Cyrus. So, Drea, we have had some technical difficulties, but we went on Skype for this one, and it has gone smooth as silk, hasn't it? It sure has. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So we appreciate you doing your Drea's Drop of the Night your incredible reading of all of these great Twitter questions, your picks for UFC 262 next weekend. Thank you so much. And we will holler at you again next week. All right. See you next week. All righty, Fight Fam. Let's go ahead and get into our voice questions from the members of the Rhino Gang. I know our first one comes from the big homie, the OG, Jim Asun. What do you got this week, dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and the Rhino Gang. Hope you all doing well. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Uh, sorry, this recording's late, man. I just I was pretty fucked up last night. Anyhow, 
place we're not too bad i hope uh cowboy retires i'm not going to go into that one but uh, my question for you this week is canelo what's next for him uh, i know that the, the fifth belt i think it is because you want to unify that whole division which is great to see um but man that guy can hit eh? and i'll tell you what that billy joe saunders did a much better representation than what i thought he was going to do I thought he was just going to get picked apart like nothing. He did quite well for himself, so... Anyhow, that's my question, man. What's next for Canelo? That kid is a fucking killer, and I love it. Keep up the great work. We love the show. And you know it is always 420, kids. Peace. I think the the name on everybody's lips, including Canelo's, is Caleb Sweet Hand Plan, my friend. I think that's definitely what's going to be next. What what do we know about Caleb Plan? Well, I've been watching him for forever. He's 21-0. 12 KOs, 6-1, 74-inch reach, super slick, very fan-friendly. Uh, he's, really, he's got a really good mentality. He's a very mentally tough guy. You never see him get down on himself or kind of uh, have lulls. No, he goes hard from bell to bell. I think, unlike Billy Joe Saunders, who had a good fight, like I said earlier, had a good showing of himself, but unlike him, Caleb Plant hurts you when he touches you, right? I think he's slick enough. I think he's strong enough that when he hits Canelo, it's going to get Canelo's attention. I think he's going to maybe not be able to come in as quickly on Caleb. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still picking Canelo Alvarez to win that fight, but I do think it will go the distance. I do think there will be times during it where Caleb actually hurts and pushes back and gets the respect of Canelo. So, yeah, for me, dude, it should be Caleb's sweet hands. Plant uh, out of uh, out of Tennessee versus Canelo Alvarez. I think that should be the next one at 168 pounds. Thank you so much, my dear friend Jim Masoon. And you're right; it's always 420. <laughs> All right, our second question comes from our homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? What's up, Rhino and all the Rhino gang? Happy Mother's Day, all the Rhino gang members out there. By the way, that includes fur baby mamas, plant baby mamas. Pet rock baby mamas, any any baby mamas out there? Uh, got love for all y'all. My question for you this week, Rhino, is Lando Venata is fighting Mike Grundy on the prelims, and this is a uh, his featherweight debut. Uh, Lando has kind of an interesting career. He had a late notice uh, debut against Tony Ferguson and put on an absolute show before getting, you know, choked out in the second round by Tony, but he dropped Tony, you know, it was just kind of this crazy moment. Um, has had these crazy fights with Bobby Green. And now what do you think his future is at featherweight? Uh, this is a tough matchup. Mike Grundy's a hell of a wrestler and that seems to be Lando's kryptonite. Anyway, uh, love to hear your thoughts. Love you. Love the show. Oh yeah, bro. Groovy Lando Vanetta is always exciting. Uh, he's willing to trade with anybody, dude. He's virtually, he's virtually can't be in a boring fight, right? Um, unfortunately for him, though, he's two, four, and two in his last eight fights. So I understand uh, the the decision to drop weight classes to one forty five. I don't think he was undersized necessarily for one fifty five, but I think he certainly wasn't big for the weight class. So I think he will be big for one forty five. Um, I think when he moves, there will be a size and a strength factor, which he has never been able to kind of use before. I think against particularly someone strong like like a wrestler like Mike Grundy, I think we'll be able to see him kind of power out of some of some shots, which he wasn't able to do at one fifty five. So. I think I think once he does, and I think he'll beat Grundy. I think if he does, there's a lot of really fun like fight of the night 
type of matchups that we can make for him at featherweight. Um, yeah, so I'm all for the drop down. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, him compete. And I hope he has some success because Groovy Lando was really fun to watch. Big fan favorite. So, yeah, I definitely love that. So thank you very much, Juice. If you guys haven't already, of course, check out Juice and Lee with the friendly sparring pod. It is fun stuff, especially um, when they keep it to fighting. Gentlemen, I really, really enjoy it. <laughs> That's just a little rose because they, they tend to go off on tangents about other things, which, again, are hilarious. So thank you very much, Juice. All right, let's get to our third one, Dave, from our buddy Dave Fretz. Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, always love listening to the show, man. Looking forward to it coming out today. Uh, it always makes my day. Anyways... Not a question this time. I uh, just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the Rhino Gang, um, all the listeners, uh, special women and moms in our lives. Uh, special shout out to my wife. Man, uh, couldn't do life without her. She's an amazing, amazing mom and uh, wife, and uh, I'm just so thankful uh, for all our mothers and. Um, just started doing school with my kids full-time for the next little bit after losing my job, and uh, <clears throat> wow, I've got a whole new respect for what my wife does. Um, anyways, uh, keep up the great work. Happy Mother's Day. Everybody, peace. Yeah, bro. See, I definitely want to echo that sentiment. Absolutely happy Mother's Day to everybody out there, not just birth mothers, but adopted moms and aunts and grandmas and whoever else has raised kids. It is a fantastic day. I hope you guys enjoy all your mothers out there. Thank you so much for doing everything that you do. Oh, yeah, we do have another one. We're going to stick with Canada. The uh, my, my homie D-Crons. D-Crons, what do you got this week, my dude? Hey, Rhino, what's going on, my brother? Um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, you know, with the Cowboy Diego fight falling through, that kind of felt like that was supposed to be Cowboy's last fight. And I mean, that Diego Joshua Fabia thing is crazy weird and sad. I think there's going to be a documentary about that one of these days. I don't even know if you want to weigh in on that. Um, but I was just wondering what you thought, you know, Cowboy's future has in store do you think he's going to move to a different promotion is the ufc going to set him up with another fight and who might that be and i just wanted to wish everyone a happy mother's day love y'all rhino gang 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 oh cowboy's future so homie i'd say that hanging them up would probably be the right move for cowboy at this point but we all know what kind of fighter he is we all know kind of um personality he has he really loves to fight even though he's losing i think it's hard for a lot of fighters to hang him up but even somebody like cowboy i think it's going to be even double hard to hang up i mean look at all those years where he would take a fight on a week's notice two weeks notice fight three times in three months you know that kind of a thing i think he knows he's no longer what he once was but i bet he still has that that fire to compete so i'm guessing it's a wrap on his ufc career i'm guessing but i mean i would be shocked if they gave him another one but I, i'm guessing it's over i get the feeling we'll see cowboy one or two more times um maybe bellator maybe something like a ryzen or a one fc kind of like what they would call a super fight in quotations and it's like another very well-known fighter who's kind of on a skid or post you know post their or past their prime i should say so i think we will see cowboy again i hope it's not for the ufc and i hope it's a big step down as far as like a young hungry prospect i don't want to see that at all so thank you very much my homie d crons all right that's going to be the end of our voice questions today let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds with rhino with zach pow pow powell
after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen of the Rhino Gang, we've got ourselves a very special guest from the Battlefield Fighting League. My man, Zach Pow Pow Powell is joining us. Thank you so much for joining us today, my friend. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, dude. So basically with round one, what we love to find out is how these pro fighters who I have on, everyone's story is different. How'd you first get into the uh, crazy world of mixed martial arts, dude? So it's not so exciting, I'd say, but it's it's my story and uh, I'll stick to it. Um, growing up, I was a hockey player. I played high-level hockey, uh, almost, uh, I'd say if I was a bit taller, I'd made it. That's me looking back at my prime, but, um, like played high level. And at 16, I'm, I kind of realized that like, it wasn't for me anymore. And I, I just made the switch to MMA and I've been an, an athlete for as long as I can remember, like since five years old. And uh, when I switched to MMA at 16, like as soon as I started, I knew my goal was to, to make it to USC one day and eventually fight for a world title. That's awesome, dude. The, uh, the amount, the wide background of sports that a lot of people who find themselves in March, Mitch Martial Arts as pros has been crazy. You know, there's been guys who were high-level soccer or hockey or football or obviously wrestling, you know, so on and so forth. But, no, dude, being up in Canada, it kind of tracks, right? <laughs> you would be hockey, a hockey guy, right? So, Zach, you started out You started out very strong with a 4-0 pro record, two submissions, two unanimous decisions. Are you a fighter that kind of feels like, hey, a win's a win, no matter how I get it, I get it, it's, that's perfect? Or do you kind of feel more satisfaction when you were able to finish the fight? I'd say a, a, a win's a win, uh, depending on the platform you are fighting on and what you're looking to accomplish. Uh, let's say if I'm going out to Dana White Contender Series, uh, if I just get a decision win that's not dominant, I'll be pretty upset with myself. But if I'm going out here fighting for a win bonus, for let's say uh, I'm fighting Darius Nagova next, I'm going in there to win three five-minute rounds, and if the finish comes, it will come. So I won't be hunting it so much as much as I would be trying to get a contract in the USC. 
Dude, makes total sense to me, bro. So I don't know if you do know, maybe you don't. I've had a couple of your uh, teammates on my show previously, the CFFC champ, Aaron Jeffrey, uh, Jasmine, Jazdavicious. I've had them on, and they were both kind of, they're very different personalities, the two of them. If people who are close to you would describe you, Zach, how would they describe your personality um, as far as what you're like outside of the cage? Uh, probably a bit of a, a jokester, I guess. I like I, I like my, my fair share of, of fun. Uh, I like having a good time. I like fooling around. I'm still a very disciplined guy, and I don't party, but like I, I like throwing out jokes out there and just having a good laugh. And uh, I'd say like pretty like extroverted kind of guy i'm out of my shell and like i, I lived with aj and jazz for a while so it was, it was nice living with them because like it, it was like a big mix of personalities and it was amazing. yeah <laughs> it was great yeah aaron seems to be a, a bit more of a reserved kind of serious guy he has his funny moments like obviously all of the mullet video ratings these put out those are hilarious but he seems to be kind of a more, you know, keep it on the low kind of business. Jasmine seems kind of fun and silly and out there. And it sounds like you're 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 a pretty gregarious and fun out there guy, which is pretty important because it could be a real grind. It can wear on you mentally and physically, uh, you know, the combat sports world. So to have that bit of levity and to have that Joker kind of mentality really does seem to be uh, beneficial for a lot of ways, bro. So that you know, you started out in the amateurs back in 2015. In the ensuing six years, like, where do you feel, what are the areas do you think you've improved on the most? And then what areas do you think um, you, you're still looking to improve on even more? I'd say since my first amateur fight and today, it's uh, not even com comparable. And I think that's how it is for most fighters when we get to this, I'd say, mid to high pro level. Like you're not even close to the same amateur like fighter you were as your first fight. Um, what improved the most, I'd say, since making the switch to Niagara Top Team in the past year would be my wrestling, and which is crazy because I won all my fight. I've been won by out wrestling and out grappling people, but I've never wrestled a day in my life. It was all heart, and now there's actually skill to go with the heart. And it's gonna be uh, gonna be a fun time next fight trying to get those skills out there and, and displaying actual weapon. Dude, you just actually set up my transition perfectly for the next question. So, Battlefield Fight League, that is your next promotion. Your fight is be June fourth on UFC Fight Pass. Um, you're also fighting another undefeated lightweight in Dario Sinagoga. Um, what does he bring to the table? What what kind of fighter is he that you're gonna be preparing yourself for? Uh, I think Dario is a, is a skilled fighter. He's in shape. Uh, he's the way I look at him is he's going to be as good as round in round three that he's going to be in round one. He's got a good pace on him. Uh, I just believe uh, that skill wise uh, in every aspect of the game, I am better. I'm just going in there finding someone that's tough that wants to win. and It's going to be hard to put away. So I got to stay focused and disciplined for the whole 15 minutes and just, just do me. Absolutely, dude. The, uh, the I love your nickname, and I, I've said that before on the show. And but there's a nickname for a fighter that I'm interviewing that I really like their nickname. I've got to hear the backstory. So uh, a long time ago, I had Devin Powell, UFC and Bellator vet, on uh, same last name as you, and I think he might have missed out because Pow Pow is a fantastic fucking nickname for a fighter. Where where did you come up with that, or who came up with it? And uh, you know, when did that actually take place? 
So uh, my first nickname was actually uh, Dynamite because uh, I'm known for being explosive and I got like that fast switch muscle fiber. So let's start out with that. But then like training and, and like with my buddy uh, Kevin, he's one of my main training partners. He uh, When I made the switch to Niagara top team from Ottawa, he actually followed with me and he, he's getting ready for a fight on uh, BFL as well. Uh, started calling me Pow Pow Powell, and uh, it, it just stuck. And it seems like everyone loves it. Uh, I know uh, Robin Black's a big fan. Uh, every time someone has the opportunity to call my fight, they'll hear Pow Pow Powell at least uh, twenty times. So I feel like uh, <laughs> we, hit, we we hit it perfect on that one. Dude, I am definitely one of those people. I am fully on board with Pow Pow. I think it's so fitting and awesome. Um, do you think Aaron Jeffries' mullet is where about ninety nine percent of his strength is derived from? I gotta be honest. I got a similar mullet going myself. Not as nice as Aaron's right now, but uh, <laughs> I feel 100 percent stronger. So, so June 4th, we're gonna see you rocking a mullet in the cage for the BFL. Yep, most likely. And then June 5th, gonna shave it off, and my girlfriend's gonna start to be attracted to me again. <laughs> I fucking love it. Um, so, dude, where where do you see yourself? I know you talked about when you were kind of envisioning starting out in MMA, you saw yourself in the UFC, and you're a very young guy. You're only 24 years old, so you got lots of time to get there. I think you're doing it the right way. You had a solid amateur career. Now you're on a promotion that, you know, is going to be on UFC Fight Pass, but then, you know, you're working your way towards everything. Um, if you could, like, maybe, I don't know, kind of look into the future a little bit, where are you hoping to see Pow Pow Powell in about five years from now career-wise? Five years from now, that's a, it's a long time. I'm hoping to have a UFC title and being out of the sport by then, uh, retire young. But uh, everyone says that. Like, I remember Connor used to say that, like, win the title and, and get out. But it's sure. just so expensive and there's nothing else I see myself doing. So a more honest look, uh, in five years from now, I see myself competing in the top top 15 at lightweight in the UFC, having a good run. Um, I, I believe I have... Uh, the skills it takes to be there, I believe I'm, as a personality, I'm marketable and UFC would, would like having me on, like people using stuff and I believe in myself. So maybe other people, maybe others don't believe that, but hey, I'm a Canadian, French Canadian actually. So uh, the next GSP marketing trade you could get going on. I got some solid wrestling. So it all depends on how the next fights go. Uh, after this one, I see myself either getting a title shot for BFL or a call and contend series if they're interested. And we'll see how that goes in five years. Like I, I definitely see myself being in the UFC. Dude, that sounds great to me. So basically, when we get into the ninth round, Zach, we love to hear about the food question. Now, the food question is as follows. It's already been passed. Your, full, your whole camp is already done. You've already fought and won your fight. It's time to go out. It's time to celebrate. It's time to really indulge in something or some things that you haven't had the entire fight camp. What are you going for and where are you getting it from? Um, I usually talk all this uh, this crap about eating uh, what I'm going to eat after the fight. and uh, It's actually like uh, it's all talk, no show. Like I get after the fight, I'm not hungry at all. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I usually go for a burger and uh, can't sleep because the burger's just – um, um, just, I don't know. Last time I had A and W after horrible and couldn't fall asleep. Uh, but I switched up the diet a bit. I'm a pescatarian now. Um, and so I don't 
really eat meat unless it's it's there like if i'm over at friends like if they cook meat i'll eat some sure sure personal diet i don't do it um so i'd say probably ice cream like i'm a big ice cream guy i have sweets i have a pretty big sweet tooth so probably that probably indulge some of that after the fight dude that sounds awesome i love the uh I love the Ben and Jerry's chocolate fudge brownie. That's the old Rhino's favorite ice cream. If you had to pick a favorite, what would it be? Uh, yeah, ben and Jerry's uh, Netflix, Netflix and Chill one is good. Or the uh, Agendaz vanilla almond. It's amazing. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is very good. <laughs> so, Zach, we have careened our way into the 10th round with Rhino. Now, the 10th round is where you share your socials. How can we as fans follow you looking forward uh whether it's ig or twitter or both or what any of your social medias can you go ahead and share those with the fans so we can keep tabs on you and your career moving forward yeah you can find me on instagram at powell mma then my twitter is at pow pow mma a little less active on twitter but uh i'm gonna try and be a bit more active on that i'd say instagram is my main one and i also have a facebook page uh at zach pow 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 Absolutely awesome, dude. So yeah, we're all going to be t- keeping tabs on you moving forward. We are definitely excited to see the premiere of the BFL on UFC Fight Pass and your fight on June 4th versus Dario Sinagoga in the 155-pound division. Once again, Dodge Sports athlete, my friend, Zach Powell, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Thank you for having me, brother. This is Zach Powell, 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 and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Okay, that was so cool. I have never talked to Zach before. I was I was unfamiliar with his career. He's another hot prospect, kind of on his way up. And I think of people like like when I've had Mo Miller on the show from the LFA or Josh Framed. Uh, some of these guys who I wasn't super familiar with, but once I talked to them and I researched them, you find out, wow, this this person can fight. They can go. They are going to be something to watch as they progress in their career. Really, really stoked to see what goes, what goes on with Zach uh, as, as his career moves forward. I hope we all check out his fight for the Battlefield Fight League on June the 4th um, on UFC Fight Pass. I think it's going to be a fun one. So definitely want to shout out and get my outro in. Shout out to everybody who participated in today's forum. We had Dean Dog, Sin City Sarah, Razor Sweet Potato, Ty Fly Guy, APB, Cyrus King, the OG Jim Asun. Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. My man, Dave Fretz, and the homie, D-Crons. Thank you guys all so much for participating this week. Of course, I have to shout out the ladies of the PRG. My homies, Mike Morgan and Kairos from Shots Fired Pod. Miss Fight Diva. Both the lovely Pamela's. All the homies of the Rhino Gang GC. Gang, gang. (laughs) My girl, Brett. My dear friend, Ashley. Formerly the MMA nerd. Now from the single little pod. Uh, Marquise from Week Sauce Radio, Chrissy, Monica, Jillian, and Jason, my underdog MMA fam. Of course, to Michael and, and Scott from Dodge Sports. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. And of course, not last, last but not least, the backbone of this operation, Drea, D. Reigns, and Dave Fretz. They, I could not do a show without them. You guys do so much work for me and for this show to work. Thank you so very much. Of course, I want you guys to be kind this week. Work hard at whatever you love. Love your friends. Love your family. Don't forget to love yourselves. Of course, Black Lives Matter. And again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially my mom, Sue, and all the moms out there. We love you, and we will see you next week. K-Side!